Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro, and welcome to another Med Lasso episode of Explore the Space podcast. Delighted to be back with you, and a thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. As I said, we are back for another Med Lasso. We are doing Ted Lasso Season 1, Episode 7. And my redoubtable co-host, Dr. Syed Tabatabai, and I are joined by none other than my older sister, Karen. Karen Stone is awesome. And you are going to love hearing from her. I'm, of course, totally biased because she's my sister. But this was really, really fun. And Ted Lasso Season 1, Episode 7 lends itself very well to a conversation between brother and sister. We had a ton of fun with this. Some really great stuff came out of it. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Definitely check out the Explore the Space and Med Lasso Archive, www.explorethespaceshow.com. And also check out the merchandise store, www.explorethespaceshow.com forward slash merch. You can hit me on Twitter at ETS show, Instagram at explore the space show. And you can email me anytime mark at explore the space show.com. As always, these med lasso episodes are so much fun and we are in the midst of some of the absolute best stuff that the TV show Ted Lasso has done to date. Getting to chop it up with my sister and Syed was an absolute treat. You're going to love it and let's get amongst it. Syed, we're here, man. It's time to do uh, another Med Lasso. This one feels a little bit different. How are you, pal? I'm good. It does feel different, huh? It feels different because we've met. We've actually met in person. We met in Nashville at the Society of Hospital Medicine annual meeting. You made a surprise parachute in visit to the Med Lasso live show. That was so cool, man. That was like yeah. one of my top experiences ever. Just the energy in that room was amazing. It- Total and big shout out to our buddy Joe Thomas, who when he saw you, he yelled like you were Freddie Mercury taking the <laughs> stage at Wembley. It was unbelievable. He was no. so happy. And I've watched that video oh 15 times. Syed comes in the door and you just hear, ah. Yeah, the problem is the we don't get to feel like rock stars often. So that was oh the, the closest I'm gonna go. It was amazing. I'm gonna put a link to the tweet that has that little 30-second video of you coming in. Uh it was awesome. I, I, did, I, I will say this, Syed, I have only ever seen you sitting down. You are a very tall individual. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was interesting to see everybody. Uh, you know, we, we've heard voices. We've seen Twitter screenshots and yeah. see people in person was pretty amazing. It was totally awesome. What was your favorite takeaway aside from the live show? What was your favorite sort of takeaway from that environment of being around people? I think it was your keynote, man. Um, and I'm not just oh, wow. saying that. I, that was a powerful moment. That was an incredible speech. I think you tapped in exactly what everybody was feeling. 
And you took us from where we'd been, what we'd gone through and showed us a future. And we all felt it, man, that you just elevated all of us. That was an amazing feeling. That's really nice of you to say. Thank you. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a, a real honor to give that talk. I'm, I'm waiting. I should get the video for it in the next like two weeks and then I can share it with the public. But, uh, that was really cool for me. It was just, it was electric just seeing everybody together. But the most satisfying part was that dynamic of when you're with a friend that you haven't seen for a while and then you see them again, you just sort of pick up where you feel like you left off. And it was like, all right, cool. I've met Syed. All right. We like had like 10 seconds of like, okay, cool. That's what you look like. And then it was just more nonsense. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was so fun. And that yeah. happened over and over and over again. Yeah, we, we met. And then within like, I think you're right. Within like five minutes, we were planning a Medlatha. <laughs> just a live one. <laughs> a live one. I know. The, there's going to be more Med Lasso live shows. Just, just so you're aware, dude. That like this, it's going to be a thing. It's, it's it was pretty amazing. Awesome. Yeah, that was fun. But I think that uh, you and I can be a little strategic, and we can, we can have some fun with this. People really enjoyed it, and I think bringing things like that to our colleagues and to the people, you know, you got to give the people what they want, and that that was awesome. It was different than recording for sure. It was very, very different. It was super fun. The crowd, I couldn't believe it. Like people were locked in. It was fun. Yeah, that was my favorite part of it. And then the crowd participation energy was unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. Totally. Speaking of crowd participation and energy, let's get to this. My sister, Karen Stone, is here. Karen, Hi. welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. Karen, was there any point over the course of these almost 46 years that we've known each other as brother and sister where you said to yourself, at some point I'm going to be on a multimedia platform with Mark and with somebody else who does the same practice of medicine that our dad does. I know it's kind of amazing coincidence. I know, except that I always thought that you would be doing some kind of like sports casting or some kind yeah. of journalism or some kind of entertaining the public. That was like a given for sure. I, and I always knew you, even though I knew you were going to be a doctor too, there was going to be a way to tie it all together for sure. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Speaking of journalism, why don't we start with one of the parts of the episode? We're doing Ted Lasso season one, episode seven. And because you and I have this connection, you teed up actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you. We we meet those two sports writers in the parking lot of the bus. Uh-huh. And they ask the second one asks Ted the question about Jamie Tart, and Ted gives that answer about coaching. Is that the when he says it, it breaks my heart a little bit? You know, you start to connect with these people and then they're gone and it's the best part of the job, whether you win or lose. Yeah. That could have gone off of a cliff. It could have been so cheesy and so stupid and so overcooked. And it wasn't. It was flawlessly executed. Karen, you do life coaching on the side of your professional work. When you heard that line, how did it land for you? I mean, and I just heard it again, too. And I went, like... It's so beautiful and it's not cheesy and it's so Ted and we're used to him and his way of articulating um, these sort of nuggets that you sort of want to rewind and listen to again. But I definitely, and they both did too. I mean, they both stop and like, totally. can't believe what they just heard. And they are sort of speechless. It's quite, um, it's like a perfect Tedism really. It is a perfect headism and it's delivered just right. And it definitely is elevated from like the rest of the narrative. Syed, when you saw that, did you have the desire to be coached again? 
<laughs> I think so. It's it's a special relationship, right? I mean, that coach player relationship, the uh, mentor mentee relationship. It, it, I I did. It's just such a beautiful quote, and actually, it made me think of Trent Cram a little bit, only because um, they journalists seem to have such a tough time with Ted because these journalists are like hardcore football so journalists. Hard yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. and he keeps hitting them with these beautiful nuggets of truth, and they're. <laughs> they, they're never quite sure how to take it. It makes me wistful because in what we do, we have so detached ourselves from being coached. It's so not normal and it's such a missed opportunity. I mean, imagine if we all had the opportunity to have reliable, regular coaching where it's not because you've screwed up. It's not because you're doing something wrong. It's just to help you get better and do better and feel more connected. Karen, your head's about to nod off your body. Yeah, no, you. Oh, yeah. I mean, just this moment, like, related this whole notion of like having a life coach, being a life coach to coaching. Because I was thinking to myself, oh God, it's been so long since I've had a coach, and like, did I even really have excellent coaches in sports growing up? I don't even really. No one's coming up, but like, I actually have a coach that I work with every other week, and like, it's exactly what you're talking about, like that having somebody that helps you capture your own truth and wisdom and kind of reframe things. And it is actually a really exciting thing to have. And Ted just does that with everyone. He's, he's more than a sports coach. He's a re he's like a human coach, you know? Um, I think that's a great point that it's not just about being coached for performance excellence. It's being coached just to be more in connection with where you are. Syed, when was the last time you had a coach of any kind? Um, oh man, a coach of any kind. Well, I think been, with my writing, it, right? Well, oh, okay. With my writing, I've had yeah. some people who provided the role of a coach to me. Um, and I've reached out to some people online about that and they've helped me. But in terms of like, uh, yeah, otherwise the traditional conventional coaching, uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. Do you miss it? I do. I do. I mean, I yeah. think on some level we all look for feedback, right? I mean, um, the, the stuff we do in medicine and the beginning, we came from this place where we got a lot of feedback on multiple levels intensely. And then you're an attending and poof, it's all like the, you know, now the only feedback we get is kind of painful feedback in terms of like yeah. scores and metrics and stuff that, but the actual doctoring part of it, you know, no one's looking over your shoulder anymore. Not, not at all. I, I agree. And I think that when we're able to figure out that dynamic, I think performance will get better, but also other harder, more elusive metrics will also get better. We're all used to it, right? We had coaching when we were growing up playing sports. We had coaching growing up when we were doing pretty much anything. It was totally normal. And then, like you said, right, we're all steeped in it. And then you just like, it's like you just get disconnected from the train. The train keeps going and you're just there. And it's it's disorienting in a way. Yeah, it's actually hard to be like left to your own devices in this professional, in our professional capacities. And like you said, we are always looking for some feedback, some validation that we're on the right path. We're doing it, you know, the right thing. And um, we have to make it up ourselves. It's actually hard because we're always our harshest critics, too. For sure. And, And not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we've already covered this on the show. Jamie needs it, right? Jamie loses his coach. Things go way off the rails for him, and he comes back kind of hat in hand. Like, can I come back to this different environment? Because that's the person I want to be. This is the people I want to be around for sure. 
Yeah. It's also parenting, right? Like he, oh, you know, they, they all have parenting is parent issues that come up. They do. Oh, I thought you were talking about parenting because we actually have a parenting coach. We've, we've had, we have our third session tomorrow and it's great. She's awesome. She's super helpful. She's great. And we ask the questions about, Hey, this is what we're observing. This is kind of where we want to get to. And she gives us two or three bullet points and it's awesome. And I, at first I was like, am I weak sauce for us wanting to get parenting coaching? And Jess and I got over it pretty darn quick because after the first session, A, we felt really supported and validated with what we were doing. We also got some really good ideas that when we deployed them, we're like, okay, that was awesome. Let's do that again. Right, right. When you become a parent, you're like totally chucked into something without any guardrails, you know? (laughs) And it's like, all we have was how we were parented. And that was a long time ago. And yeah. How were we parented, Karen? (laughs) Oh. <laughs> let's do the karen and mark psychotherapy all right here we go this is what the audience and me are here for you guys take it away i'm just gonna be listening here no we did good karen and i you know growing up we had all of the usual sibling rivalry stuff but we grew up in a house of great love and support uh it really was just the four of us because my parents our parents were em- our, our immigrants and all the family was in south africa and in israel and so it really was the four of us kind of making our way. My dad was in solo nephrology practice, just doing his thing, making his way. And, you know, my friends always ask me, why am I a Miami Dolphins fan and a Dodgers fan? And it's because I was a feral sports fan. Like my parents were learning about American sports with Karen and I. Uh, but I think that we were very fortunate to grow up in a house of great love and, you know, uh, a lot of attention and, you know, all of the usual frictions. But I think that we're really lucky. And then when you left for college, And then I left for college. Once we had kind of college as our backdrop, the two-year age difference was gone and we've been pals ever since. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, harken back to that time. And because I can see my daughters, you know, you grow apart and then you grow back together. These age differences are huge and then they're small again. And I do remember that happening with us. And then at a certain point, it doesn't doesn't matter anymore. It just didn't matter. When you were in college and I was still in high school, I was like, oh man, Karen is on the moon and I want to go to the moon. That looks so fun. (laughs) Yeah. I think it would be hard to be the one left behind on some level because, but maybe easier too. It was a trade-off. I mean, you know, I was, there were parts of it that were cool. There was no one to like steal my stuff and hog the phone. And you know, when I needed to call somebody or Karen, get off the, the phone. phone. Mark, yeah. get off the phone. Lots of that. There was plenty of I that. I don't remember stealing your stuff, though. Well, but I don't remember things. So. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be careful because I know if I open the Pandora's box, you will yeah, be able no. to return fire. <laughs> 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 let's let's keep it on. Let's keep it 100. Syed's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give, me the, give, give me the dirt. <laughs> we, we, there was one person I said, like, if people have questions, you know, on Twitter, submit them. And, and there was a request from our friend who's been on the show. Nicole Cusine, she did say, is there an embarrassing story about Mark? So if you have one, you can definitely I don't have an embarrassing story. I just have a funny story. I have a good story. Something that I remembered when we were texting the three of us the other day. So do you remember I had a friend over and we, you weren't home obviously or whatever. We decided that it would be hilarious to put a banana peel under Mark's pillow for whatever reason. So I can't remember how it all, you'll remember better and be able to tell the story better, but like you found the banana peel or mom did. And mom totally was like, Oh no, I think Mark needs more potassium. He must've eaten a banana in his sleep. 
what happened with that? It was hilarious. That was about it. But your friend upped the voltage without your knowledge and put apricot jam in my hair, too. Oh. Yeah. So that was, I remember who it was, too. And revenge is a dish best served cold. (laughs) That person, if they're listening, I'm coming for you, buddy. I I remember who you are. Yeah. Suboptimal. It was okay. You remember mom freaking up, freaking out about your lack of potassium or something? Because you you thought you must (laughs) have had uh, slept, walked, and eaten a banana. Yeah. The other funny one was when I left a banana in my tennis bag from the tennis tournament for months. Mm -hmm. And it turned into like a fruit fly feeding Petri dish. Anyway. Yeah, I was talking to friends the other day even, and I was talking about how I do like heavy metal. And they were like, what? Like, why the hell do you like heavy metal? I was like, well, I mean, I think it's because of my brother. Like, I'd get up in the morning and get ready for school, and like Pantera would be playing in the background. Like, it was part of my, like, growing up. Like, it's it's written in. So there's no way to not have a penchant for the heavy metal the Aussie, and we've, the and we've had some fun yeah, that's right we've had some fun yeah. with those things over the years too metallica is a recurring kind of refrain through the show i've told syed that when the time comes we'll all go to a metallica show together but karen this is an important question what is your ruling on the killers oh i went through such a killers oh, syed phase. just looked at you oh no how come i went through a killers phase but you mean like, you're still in a killer phase? <laughs> no, no. I, I seem to have like, no, it's just like one of those things you sort of forget your killers. I did like the killers for a while. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a killers fan. Are you? He, yeah. He's a huge fan. Yeah, he's got a jacket from the lead singer. <laughs> What's his name again? Brandon Flowers. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I love him. It's about the coolest jacket in the history of that's jackets. Awesome. It's incredible. It, yeah, it's it's really great. I can't wear it, but it's awesome. <laughs> I loved the Killers. Do you know I, who they remind me of? Is Panic at the Disco? Is that a weird? <laughs> no, they, I think they were all coming up around the same time. Okay, yeah. Speaking of Panic at the Disco, uh-huh. that actually happens in this episode, Karen. That was an extraordinary <laughs> segue. You're right. I didn't even think. Wow. Dang. I have a question about that scene, though. It's on. It's actually on my list of questions. I have two questions about things that happen behind the scenes in this episode. The first one is. Ted has the panic attack, right? That's what I'm referring to. And he, Lee, I don't mean to make light of what he experiences. He has a panic attack. It's very vivid. Uh, I would imagine for people who've been in a space like that, it's very kind of reminiscent and hits at the core. And we get, it's not a one cut. There are edits in there, but you get the sense of a progression of him moving through the club as fast as he can outside to the curb. And then Rebecca's there. This was the first time it clicked for me. She was singing when he left. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. Syed, you mm-hmm. first. Did Rebecca finish the song and then go out to Ted? Or did Rebecca, in the middle of the song, where everyone is like clapping it up and singing and crying and exuberant, see him leave in distress, stop singing and follow him out? Well, I think both are possibilities because one thing they may be doing is with the edits, they might be compressing time and stretching time. So he might have been in that panic attack for longer than we know. But my heart tells me that she saw him in distress and she cut it short. I mean, and she handed off to somebody else. I think that's what really happened. I think so, too, because I agree. Believe me, I I like went straight to the Pruder films on that. I watched that scene many times. Like, how much are they editing out? The only place where it's uncertain is once he's on the curb. But the rest of it is like John Wick moving through the club. It's it's right. it's fast. Like he's moving through the club. Right. I like to think that she stopped singing 
and that and uh, and no one talks about it right they're all adults it's all good no one's gonna like make a jibe or a joke or a comment just that's fine i think she stopped singing and went outside karen what do you think yeah i agree with you and i'm thinking about that moment too because it's in that song you know like no matter what to me that song gets me right like it's such a compelling song and that moment where she you know goes for it and let it go and everybody like screams and you know you can see on everyone's faces um mcadoo is just like you know um they cut then that's when he 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 his hands start shaking and he um it's like at that moment where you actually want to get to hear more and you're into it and i think that that actually maybe foreshadows that she stopped singing because interesting yeah i mean i think we all wanted more um but that's when he has to leave and i think she must have followed him out I think that's a great take. Yeah, the other part yeah. in that scene that I loved is uh, they show Roy singing the words. And this was the first time it ever actually clicked for me what he's actually, the words that they actually had him sing. Saya, did you notice the words that they had him sing from Let It Go? Acknowledging that on this show, nothing is by accident. Yeah, what, what were they? Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. <laughs> That's the part that they had Roy right. mouthing out loud. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, Syed, you bring up the point earlier when we were all chatting about the red and the blue. I don't want to speak. I don't want to speak thunder <laughs> here. Oh, he does but, this. This is his thing. But like Let the whole it. thing about blue being the artifice, and then Roy saying that. I mean, they are basically all tr- trying so hard to to have this happy face and have this like we feel good. We love you. Like they're all trying so hard, but they're all, you know, they're all like hiding something so painful or most of our, our leads are, you know, they're all like struggling with something. And then I did actually notice as they're leaving the red kind of pumps through, you know, but it's anyways, the whole thing about the blue and that's what Roy speaks. It's sort of perfect. Yeah, it's it's so interesting, isn't it? I, I this I sort of got clued into this a couple episodes ago, and now I can't. You know, it's like this a pruder film. I can't stop seeing. You can't one, stop seeing. Yeah. It, yeah, and from the opening credits, the way the colors cascade from blue, everything turns red. His red shoes that he's wearing prominently, um, and just it just seems like certain colors are bathed in red or bathed in blue, and you know, it's it's not subtle. <laughs> so I mean, there's it doesn't always fit. But there are many times when there are moments of truth happening. And, you know, I feel for um, Rebecca because she's a kind person at heart. And for her to see Ted curled up in a ball, having a panic attack, knowing that she brought him here to fail and he's a good person and she put him in a situation where and now he's suffering. I think about that, how that must feel for her, too, you know, and and uh, is, you know, it would break me as a person to know that I did that. And this episode gives us the first sense of the weight that she's carrying too. when Mersassi calls her out for, you know, not seeing her, her goddaughter for, for six years. And uh, all of these things sort of foreshadow what we know is to come. There's another uh, thing, though, that has to be called out because she's singing karaoke. This is not to embarrass my sister. This is a true story. Karen is a national champion chamber singer. When she was in high school, her high school team went to Hawaii. And they won the national title. Speaking what? of coached effectively too. Yeah. Legit, what? dude. Yeah. They won the national championship. The whole like I don't remember how many schools you guys were competing against. I was so proud. Even though we didn't like each other very much when I was, you know, 
14 and you were 17 or whatever the case i was like oh my god my sister's a national champion karen that's really cool yeah yeah i don't remember being a national champion though but you you're the one who knows things Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I don't remember being like, what? I don't remember like it, it being that high of an echelon thing. I mean, we, okay. it was a really excellent choir and it, we were um, participating at like really amazing events and competitions. But yeah. Um, yeah, that was really cool. I was just talking to somebody the other day. That's something I totally miss, like singing in a choir and that kind of group. Yeah. You I guys were feeling, amazing. I got a feeling this is headed towards something. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not putting my sister on the spot like that. But Karen, if we were to be at a karaoke bar right now in Liverpool at 1.30 in the morning, what would you sing? Oh, that's such a tough one. Oh, I have no idea. We'll, we'll come back. You got to take a minute. Syed, 1.30 in the morning, Liverpool. We've just done a Med Lasso episode with the, you know, great acclaim applause the whole thing go to the go to the karaoke bar what are you singing okay um this probably doesn't fit the mood you just described when you were describing 1 30 in the morning i was like all right people are tired things are winding down for me it would be walking in memphis because that song is so nice. moody and it's got like nice melody i would i would go with that that's awesome karen are you ready or should i go you should go. I'm digging. If, I'm digging. If we, if we did it after a Med Lasso episode, I would get up there and I would rickroll everybody. <laughs> Dude, wrong time for me to take a sip of... Uh... I told you guys couldn't see it and say so I <laughs> but I got a spit take. I just got a spit take out of that. that was awesome. Oh my God. Just missed my keyboard. Oh, that's so great. Karen. You're ready. That's You're up. Awesome. What are you going to do? I don't know. Let it go. Let, you, it go. let it go literally. And then you can also sing it as well. There you go. That's right. I have a question about the show in general. So Karen, you're not as active on Twitter as Syed and I are, but there is a surfeit of Ted Lasso gifts that get used over and over and over again. This is in follow up to Shit's Creek, which is, I mean, endless magnificent really effective funny there's all there's a gift for every moment a gift for every a gift for every season in the writer's room for ted lasso do they create scenes where they say this thing we're gonna do is gifable is this intentional i'm gonna go first i think absolutely yes i think people have recognized this is free marketing these things are viral I think that they are intentional about creating scenes. The scene where Coach Beard screams, let's go, and throws his head back, they knew exactly what they were doing. This is going to be a gift, you guys. Nail it. I, I, there's no way there can be this. And I think Shit's Creek was first, full credit. I think that they were like, we're going to create something that's going to make the show last for 25 years because this technology is so great and people love doing it. Ted Lasso, I think, has just picked it up, and I think that they are really intentional about doing that. And I love it. Syed, what do you think? Am I am I making stuff up? Am I too into the show or is that legit? No, I think it's legit. I mean, I think the show definitely knows the the beats it wants to hit. I think yeah. visually they're very tuned in and they're just so, you know, they're savvy. I think they, they know the iconic shots they're looking for. Uh, Lasso busting through the door being like a classic example. You knew that was going to be a gift right away. I mean, that's the greatest scene ever. Karen, what do you think? Do you think it's intentional? I do. I mean, everything is so intentional with this show. I can't help but think that there's even, you know, 
somebody in the writer's room who's like, oh, we should, you know, like there's actually somebody specifically targeted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the free work. If you got a message tomorrow from the production team, Karen, that said, we need a a gift czar, but you've got to be in London for three months and you have to leave tomorrow because we're shooting. What would you do? Oh, I'd go. I mean, I don't know if I actually could go, but you got to go. Right? You have to go. You just, just you, go. you have to go. Like we'll watch the girls. We'll care, you know, Jess and I'll watch the girl. Like it'll, you have to, you'd have maybe to they pay you enough money. You can bring them all, you know? Yeah. Bring, bring the whole Fair crew. enough. Yeah. Syed, are you ready to be the gift czar? Dude, I would be whatever. I mean, they can just leave. Just fill in the blank. Are you willing to? Yeah, I'll be there. You got I'll it. wash Somebody... the shirts. I'll do the laundry, honestly. Like, <laughs> no, I would be the Nate. Nate, will, <laughs> Nate will be very upset with you. That's Nate true. will be very upset. But speaking of Nate, I have another question. This show actually triggered a lot of interesting questions. Who slams the door on Nate? Remember, he's in the bus. Who closes that door? Who doesn't see the guy? Who just I'm chomps sure it's one of the and doesn't hear so... him say something and still slams the door? But those guys, they're so busy, like, effing fucking with each other and like goofing around and throw i mean i'm sure that they're you know they all kind of do it right like you think so yeah it's the pile I of thought, dudes I, I thought man bun that nate yells at i thought man bun turns around and nails him and slams the door could be syed what do you think yeah i don't know i i, I think i'm with uh karen in this one I, I didn't think there was a specific person i, I sort of felt okay. like it was just like they were everyone. No one was paying attention to him, which is a classic <laughs> Nate thing. And yeah, it happened. wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Rupert. <laughs> no, it wasn't Rupert. <laughs> Rupert opened the door to get. No, no, it wasn't Rupert. <laughs> I had a little there, bit of a hard time watching Nate in this episode because he's been so lovingly coached, and yeah. he's like being given these opportunities, and he's getting getting his confidence because he has so no confidence. You know, he's just like right. And when you know the trajectory of it, it's like heartbreaking. I actually felt quite um, angry with him. Like, how can you like take this gold that you've been given and and spin it into what you end up spinning it? You know? Yeah, I. I it's so because in retrospect, when I watched this episode, I had a very different response to the locker room scene, and I'll share it now. And I want, and then we can. Syed gets to do the juxtaposition. Knowing what we know about season two, I was actually heartened by the locker room scene because of the way it ended. He starts out being a jerk. He starts out getting even with people by trying to humiliate them in the way that he's been humiliated, right? He says really nasty things. You know, he's roasting them and going too far. Everyone's laughing at everyone else. Like, everyone's feeling sheepish and embarrassed. But when he talks to Roy, he doesn't do that. He actually gives Roy really important, meaningful thoughtful and effective feedback and it made me feel like wait a minute nate is not lost the 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 dark side has not all the way claimed him yet i had a very different response karen than you did it was like wait a minute there nate can do this nate can can get through all of the negativity uh at some times but right now he is he's adrift in deep water syed what do you think uh, I thought I had a similar feeling. You know, I almost felt like the roasts were him trying to get the respect of the team on some level to show that he could give it as as well as take it. And yeah. then when the moment came that he needed to really push the button, he delivers that that incredible, insightful thing to Roy. And who knows what else he was going to say because Roy shuts it down after that, right? He takes it back. <laughs> yeah. You don't know yeah. what the rest of the speech <laughs> would have looked like. Right. But uh, I think you're right. I think uh, in that moment, 
Uh, but I also agree that watching it is hard now, knowing the path Nate takes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I sort of, uh, it, it's rough. <laughs> it's, it's rough for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a budding resentment there. I do love though what follows on right after it is is a, a, a nugget of just my favorite kind of leadership, right? Roy does his big you know he man thing where he rips the bench, and then he looks at the team and he says the big macho thing. But it's what he does right after that I love. He looks at the team and says, "Let's go get these fuckers." He's the first one out the door. He ta- he he says it. He's flexing. He's doing all these things, but he's the one who runs out onto the field first, and they all follow him. Oh my gosh, I have watched that scene I don't know how many times. That 10 seconds might be one of my favorite 10 seconds in like the history of me watching TV because he goes out the door first and they can they follow him through a wall. I love you know, it so much. Yeah, and it's like it's actually two coaching moments, I realize. Nate actually taps into the coach that he becomes when he does speaks to Roy. And then That's Roy is the coach he's the leader you know and they both end up becoming coaches you know what a great call oh yeah. my gosh that's awesome i love that that's so good so yeah do you want to follow that or should i move on because that's no, a tough I, one. I think this was that was a sparkling nugget of the shapiro family in oh my god i'm gonna leave Aaron, that that was that amazing was killer that was really good that was really good what we are demonstrating here is how we all can play off each other, work together. The team is showing this too. So it's time for us to take a look at the pyramid of success, the brick that we've pulled out this time. And it's also a good one for a brother and sister cooperation, have utmost concern for what's right rather than who is right. I think eight year old Mark and 10 year old Karen would have done well with that bit of knowledge. But Karen, when you think about cooperation, have utmost concern for what's right rather than who's right. What do you think about? You know, I've been thinking a lot about this, this whole notion of like, what's good for all of us, what's good for the community, what's the common good, right? Versus like individual good, individual freedom. And this, this has played out for me a lot in what, you know, what we're seeing in the world and what we're seeing in politics and such. Um, And so I think it's like kind of lost a little bit, this notion of like, what's right versus what me being right, you know, taking the ego out, what do I want? What's good for me? What's, you know, um, so kind of, it resonates in that regard of like, I kind of think that's sort of lost on us all now, this notion of like cooperating, getting us through these hard times. Like how do we as a society now, like come back together and cooperate so we can actually move past this. And I'm talking about COVID, you know, can we, can we all work together? Can we stop? Can we put aside like these ideas of like, well, I'm right. And I don't want to have to do this and I don't want to have to sacrifice. And I don't know, maybe I'm taking it way off in this case. No, tangent, but if you had $43 billion, I would want you to buy Twitter. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I mean, that's just where it lives for me is that we've just lost this notion of like, it's buried for sure. So mm-hmm. what do you think when you reflect on cooperation? I think your your sister is absolutely right there. And you know the the world uh, that Ted Lasso came into was this dark place, right? In the in the midst of this the absolute peak of COVID, where society was being torn apart by all these different factions and everything like that. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Ted Lasso it shows you something that could be right. Um, the best of us, kind of what what can we aspire to? And you know, cooperation. Ted is a master at knowing when to step back and let somebody else take, you know, do what's right. 
Um, he really doesn't care where the right message comes from. And even less than that, he cares about being the one to deliver, deliver it and get the glory. Right. And that's one of the things that makes him such an amazing coach. Uh, and of course it's Nate here, but it's also Keely. I think Keely a lot throughout this, this episode, she's just so supportive and she's so, um, self-effacing and she's so, uh, focused on doing what's right by her friend, you know, and, and, and Rebecca talks about also, you know, leaving the past behind and moving forward together. So, um, I think I, there's a lot of it in, the, in this episode, cooperation. And, and I agree that we need more of it as a society. It definitely hits that aspirational note for sure. And I love that about it. Speaking of aspirational, it's time, Karen. Are you ready to go in the locker room with Mark and Syed? Absolutely. All right. The first question is the same. This is a fun one because Karen and I grew up with this beverage in the home of two South African expat parents. Karen, what's your ruling on tea? Okay. Every time you guys talk about this in the locker room, I think about this. And you know, there is a place in my heart for both because I love my morning coffee. I have to have it. I dream of it. It's like the best thing ever. And tea can really especially look like the way our parents drink it, the, you know, English breakfast with milk and sugar, like it can just hit the right note. And then I yeah. love tea later in the day. Like I don't want to be drinking coffee all day, but I love a hot beverage and I like, so I love my herbals and I love my traditional medicinals and I love my, you know, there's a place and I love, love chai. It's got to be the right chai, but like there's a place in my heart for all. I'm going to share a All story about how sweet I'm going to share a story about how sweet Karen is. When we were little, Karen would ask my parents if she could have their tea when they were as they were drinking it like the last part of it because the last part had like a sugar glob because my parents wouldn't adequately <laughs> stir. But she would walk up to them and say, "Mommy, daddy, can I have your tea when it's down?" <laughs> and I was like, "I want to be like Karen." And I would say this: it was the it still is one of the like cutest things I've ever heard a human being say. It was awesome. <laughs> I'll so, take so that as that, a win for tea. By the way, this is, this episode is a huge win for tea in the locker room. Syed, this qu- second question is for you. They show a movie in this episode. I had to Google it because I thought I knew what it was called. I have not seen this movie for a very specific reason. Uh, You've obviously seen Iron Giant many, many times. I don't want to cry. I do not want to go through that emotional crush. Is it good, though? Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And you know what? I'll tell you, you'll cry, but it's uplifting. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's not crying because it's desolation. It's crying from catharsis. And it's a little bit, it's a, it's a perfect cartoon uh, movie for Ted Lasso because the Iron Giant, the, you just watch it. it. It's very much like Ted Lasso. All right. Karen, That's so you funny you said that. No, I haven't. But you saying that, Syed, I think to myself, you know, I've, I've watched this episode, I don't know, three or four or five times. I love this episode. And I've certainly cried my way through it. And I think it's the crying of catharsis, right? Like, these relationships, these people that are being honest with themselves. And I don't know, that's amazing that that's sort of how I feel about this episode. And that's the movie they're watching. I mean, there's bitter tears and they're cleansing tears. Mm -hmm. And the tears of Ted Lasso to me are never bitter. I love that. That's really great. They also show the Higgins family sit down to watch the game. And there's a panoply of snacks 
So I think it's important we talk about if you're watching a game, what are your favorite snacks that you're going to put on the table? Karen, you get to go first. Mm, Popcorn comes to mind right away. Homemade, melted butter, salt, and nutritional yeast for sure. We're still trying to get sponsored by uh, Boom Chicka Pop. (laughs) Call me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, not homemade. Not homemade. I like to buy my popcorn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. I'll edit out the first part. And we'll just stick with the yeah. second. I like my right. chicka. So Karen's got some innovative popcorn. Syed, how about for you? You get to put something on the table. You know, the usual stuff, I think. Chips and salsa, wings, like just okay. solid, salty stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, since you guys have both gone salty, my favorite is a bowl, an oversized bowl filled with uh, regular M&M's. So you can just dip into it on a P on an as needed basis, a PRN basis, yeah. but the, it's got to be an oversized bowl where it has that feeling that the M and M's will never end. Like you can't <laughs> every time you take a pinch, they just like it backfills like sand at the beach. And what about potato chips and like fr- um, that French onion dip? Oh, oh so yeah. good. old school, yeah. so good. Tortillas and queso. Oh. <laughs> this is going the wrong direction. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> getting, super hungry, hungry. getting hungry. This next question is a little bit more for Syed. Um, but Karen, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it too. When Ted goes to the front desk of the hotel and he asks if they have a fax machine, and the guy immediately laughs, and then Sassy comes up and starts talking shit. Syed and I are physicians in 2022, and we <laughs> still use what technology, Syed? <laughs> we still use fax machines every day, man. Oh, Unreal. When that when that scene happened, what was your response? Did you laugh? I I, I think I winced. I was like, oh, totally. <laughs> oh, this is painful. <laughs> oh, my God. We have robots in the OR. We have AI. We have mach- all of this stuff. And we still have fucking fax machines. It just made me think of something. You know, it was so hard for Ted to have to do this, right? He couldn't do it. He, like, put it aside. And then... And that harkens to this this technology, right? That's like, come on, we can't use this anymore. Like, it doesn't work half the time. And any office I've ever worked in, the fax machine doesn't work. Like, but then <laughs> they made it easy for him, right? Like, you can use this. E- they even send him a little text. You can make. We can make this easy for you. You can just take a picture and send it to us. And like, there's like a release in that, right? Like, oh, the technology will work. I can just send my divorce papers. Like I can sign it. Like it's okay. You know, like Karen, do you have any idea how painful it is to hear you say that there is no tech that has been offered to physicians, nurses, and healthcare professionals to make our life easier. I'm a bit horrified to hear this. Syed, am I, I mean, I might just be like annoyed, but it feels that way. It sure feels that way. Every new tech is like just more work, man. Oh my gosh. We that's not the purpose of this episode, but that's man alive. Terrible. That that I'm glad you said you winced because I totally winced. When I rewatched it, okay, sassy talking shit was funny, but ugh, it it definitely hit home. They they see us, man. They they see how <laughs> for sure. And they don't mind poking fun at us as well. True. Which I which I definitely respect. Karen, since this is your first time on this show, give us your favorite character. Who is your favorite mm. character in the Ted Lasso universe? Okay, so I was going to talk about this. I mean, it's very hard to have a favorite character, right? I like love them all so much for who they are, for what they bring. 
if like I had to pick someone, I'm picking Rebecca. And that's sort of why I wanted to talk about this episode because she's this like stereotypical woman who's the ex-wife of the, you know, guy and who's got all the money and the sports team. And she's, but she's this like strong, hilarious, beautiful woman who like what's so beautiful for me about this episode is the the female friendships, right? That just she's she attracts these kinds of friendships of people who are, who want to be with her and like, but that's just because of who she is. Even the same woman who brings Ted into fail, and even though she's like trying to get revenge on her ex husband, she's actually this incredibly beautiful person. Um, he's got all these talents, and she's hilarious. And so I think that's sort of so compelling to me that that's the side, the story that walks side by side with the sports team. And these men are these women who are in their own right, have their own storyline, their own friendships. Um, and they're not there. I mean, she actually owns a team, right? And Keely's their publisher. Like they're not just the girlfriends propping up the, like the hero, the, the, anyways, I, I don't know. I think that's why I think for me, she, I guess if I have to pick the favorite, it's her because of like, I think I look up to her, you know, I want to hang out with her. I want to be in that room. I want to take my shoes off. You know, I want to bring her the, the pokey plant and, you know. We're out on that. That there, No one's going to do a better Rebecca analysis than that. Syed, what do you think? No, I think you're right, man. I can't. Nah, no one's going to talk that. She's, that's, that's, that's it. That's Karen, it. And I will say this, even though you're, I'm biased because you're my sister, but I would say I've known you as long as I can. There are lots and lots of people who look up to you for those same reasons and characteristics as people on the show look up to Rebecca. And I'm included in that. You're awesome. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. This was rad. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was absolutely so much fun. Isn't it fun? So much fun. I know. Mom and dad are going to ask, how was it? I know. (laughs) And you know how you asked me about the karaoke I don't, I still don't have a good answer, but I did want to ask you both. How badly did you want to get to hear Beard doing the whole Gaga song? I mean, how would you like to see the whole thing? I want to be a fly on the wall for Beard's life. He is so fascinating. He's so bizarre. The shirt he was wearing, I would buy that shirt tomorrow. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he just, he, he is so invested and he knows he's stuck the landing he's so satisfied with the way he like nods to the crowd (laughs) so good i would have loved to see the whole thing yeah 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 it would have been amazing speaking of seeing the whole thing syed we're gonna keep going we're almost done with season two and we've got a couple little specials a couple little little pieces that we're gonna have for folks going forward but uh yeah man this was totally awesome and uh i'm glad that now i've seen you in person you're a whole different like a whole different vessel to me now yeah, this whole show has changed now. I feel like we're sitting across <laughs> from each other. That's, That's pretty right. cool. That's right. All right. This was totally great. Karen, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you both. You guys are so much fun to be with. <laughs> I'm so um, inspired by both of you and the work you do. And so thank you. Thanks. It's so nice meeting you. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. awesome meeting your family, dude. They're, they're, yeah, you guys they're are fun. amazing. You guys need a family <laughs> podcast. We should do a med lasso episode with Des and Margaret. <laughs> that would be that would be a trip. Acknowledging Have they watched that neither, it? I think Dad watched like two, and I don't think he really liked it. And you know about Mom and and her not. I don't watch TV motif, so yeah, yeah that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> anyway, this was awesome. You guys are great. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thanks again to my wonderful sister Karen Stone for joining us on this episode of Med Lasso from Explore the Space Podcast. What a treat! 
This was super duper fun. Thanks as always to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. Thanks to you so much for listening as well. Please do check out Explore the Space Archive at www.explorethespaceshow.com and check out the merch store if you haven't as well. There's so much cool stuff in there. Hit me on Twitter at ETS Show. Hit me on Instagram at Explore the Space Show. And of course, email me whenever you like, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. We've got more great episodes coming your way. We've got more Explore the Space content and more Med Lasso to come as well. Definitely subscribe wherever you like to download your podcast. If you have a chance to leave us a five-star rating interview, that really helps us out. Definitely helps spread the word too. When you're hanging out with your friends, when you're rounding in the hospital, whatever the case may be, definitely let people know about Explore the Space podcast. Really appreciate all of your support and we will be back soon with more great stuff. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.